1: Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. And welcome to the Fantasy Flex Props Podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon. This is week 13. I'm joined as always by my dude, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? Glad you're okay. I heard you had a pretty eventful uh, evening last night. Yeah, I got
0: into a bit of a fender bender. Uh, but I'm okay. Hit my head pretty good on my headrest, but uh, just happy everything's okay. But uh, escaped one last night for
1: sure. All right. So obviously we won't judge you, even if you go 0 and five. <laughs> no, no,
0: <laughs>
1: no excuses. No, no I'm bouncing back this week. I don't care what's going on outside of uh, my oh. spreadsheet. I am, I am going five and zero. Let's do it. All right, let's get into it. And uh, as always, uh, this is the Fantasy Flex Props Podcast presented by Prize Picks. Uh, we will get, give our top 10 props for the week, uh, but we'll always start with a showdown breakdown uh, for Sunday Night Football. I will have a write up at actionnetwork.com for the game and, and betting it. Uh, but uh, let's talk about Broncos Chiefs from a DFS perspective here. Uh, Chiefs coming off the bye, Broncos coming off a big win against the Chargers. I think everyone else in that division has six wins, except the Chiefs, who have seven. So uh, you should have a motivated, both teams motivated here. Uh, Who do you like in the captain spot?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it it always starts and ends with Tyreek Hill whenever the the Chiefs are on a showdown slate. Uh, I I don't think he's disappointed yet this year on a showdown slate. So clearly, you know, he has the highest ceiling. Um, Probably going to be very chalky. So if if you want to mix it up a bit, I think uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, is pretty sneaky as a captain play. You can really play around with a uh, funky game script and have a unique lineup if you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in your captain slot. Um, you know, the Chiefs are 10-point favorites. They're going to be a bit more run-heavy uh, this weekend. Back in Week 11, like, I, I thought uh, Edwards-Hilaire and Daryl Williams might split carries a bit, but, you know, uh, Edwards-Hilaire really dominated touches. Uh, he had 12 carries to Daryl's five. So, in-, in a game script like this, I think it favors uh, C. CEH quite a bit. Um, we love to stack them with the Chiefs defense. Just, you know, expect an ugly game where the Broncos don't score many points um, and the Chiefs can run it a ton. I think CEH uh, has uh, plenty of pass where I think if he's in the captain slot, uh, could be a slight winner.
1: You think that you think the, the, the line is correct here? Because I actually think the line oh, is well a little inflated. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree <laughs> with that. I'm just
0: saying that the Chiefs are big favorites. I would not be surprised if they blow them out. But again, what what's the the Chiefs against
1: the spread record the past uh calendar I think it's year? Two and thirteen again is a favorite of more right. than a, a touchdown. But more importantly, Teddy covers is twenty four and five on the road. Uh, yeah. the, so this is, I mean, I'm just saying for people out there, this could be a closer game mm-hmm. than you know than the line indicates. So I wouldn't I wouldn't discount the the Broncos here um, from showing up. They've kind of done that all year. You know, I don't. A lot of people didn't even expect them to be competitive against the Chargers last week either. Um, but yeah, uh, I think CEH is interesting. The thing about CEH though, I don't know, the numbers might have been deceiving because I've heard a lot of people kind of um, you know, were really happy what he what he did in that game against the Cowboys, but he only played 47% of the snaps. So I don't know if it was kind of a design thing where to get a lot of touches on the snaps he did get, or it was more so that just Williams did not get a lot of touches on the snaps that he got. But quite Edward hilarious snap count was. Actually, his second lowest of the season outside of the game that he got hurt in. So uh that's that's something to mind. I mean, he's coming off the bye, so I would yep. assume it would jump back up, but that is something to kind of keep in mind here, given we have Andy Reid shenanigans, yes, uh, in the backfield. Um, and then for the Broncos, I mean, you know, Cortland Sutton's really struggled uh, you know, since uh since Jerry Judy got got back. So I think Judy is is still the top guy for me in in terms of their receiving core. But really, I think you got to get in some Javante and Melvin Gordon uh, as well because the Broncos, knowing their strategy, they're built to kind of beat the Chiefs. And one of the things is that Fangio defense with the two deep safeties. And the other one is being able to just run the ball all game. So uh, I think both of their running backs here are going to get a lot of work and the the game plan is going to kind of be built around those guys. And we've seen that, you know, even last week, None of the if you look at the Broncos receiving numbers, no one really did anything, and yet they 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 win the game by two touchdowns against the Chargers. So uh, I think Williams and Gordon uh, are gonna get some. I'm gonna have some of those guys too, but yeah, it's hard to go away from Tyreek Hill as the top guy. Yeah, and Kelsey is you know, I think he's he's obviously in that conversation, but the Broncos, I believe, yeah, they're 11th in DVOA against tight ends and they're adjusted. Receiving yards per game is 40.9, which is also in the top eight for defenses. So, um, you know, they haven't been as vulnerable to to the tight end position. They are number 29 in DVOA against number one wide receiver. Uh, What about uh, cheat codes?
0: Yeah, so you mentioned Javante Williams. I I think he's he's always a great play, but um, especially with Melvin Gordon, uh, he's iffy for this game. He's going to miss practice today. It's Thursday. Um, so he might not suit up. So if if he's out, Javante is going to be such a no-brainer um, that I might pivot some lineups to Mike Boone. Yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets five to 10 touches. Um, definitely a vulture touchdown candidate in Mike Boone. So I'm going to have some Mike Boone chairs if Melvin Gordon is out. And obviously, Javante Williams will be a smash spot uh, if if Gordon's out. Um, but on the Chiefs side, you know, um, it seems like they're phasing out Miko Hardman. His, his routes run rate, uh, have been around 26% the past two games and, uh, Byron Pringle, uh, has bounced up to 66% the past two. So it looks like Byron Pringle is the number two receiver. So I'll have plenty of, uh, you know, Pringle shares. Um, and then Josh Gordon, I mean, why the hell not? Because, uh, his routes around have been around 40%, uh, for a few games now in a row, he's just not seeing targets. So maybe after the buy, they'll figure something out with him. So, uh, I might have some Gordon shares, but it's, uh, you know, he, he's looking like a bust this year, unfortunately. And then, it, you know, it would pay me not to mention the backup tight end here and Noah Gray. They've been uh, mixing, him, mixing him in a bit more the past couple of games with a 25% routes run rate. Um, he's seen two end zone targets this year. So, again, he'd be sort of a touchdown vulture slate breaker um, if you have, like, a share or two of Noah Gray here. Would not be surprised. He scores a touchdown. Um, and then on the Broncos side, um, I think Tim Patrick. He's always overlooked. Uh, usually, so uh, after a couple slow games, uh, I think he could break out here. Um I and he's he's seen the biggest boost against man coverage uh, among Bar- uh, Broncos pass catchers. So a team like the Chiefs that run man coverage at, uh, above a league average rate, um, I
1: think Patrick is a good play here as well. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't refer to Josh Gordon as washed Gordon. <laughs> oh, that, that would mean he's going off right anytime i do a play on words i don't know about the rust didn't work for russell wilson and rust Wilson. Well, he,
0: so. <laughs> well, he he's uh sticking with the rust yeah so i guess that's what it was
1: <laughs> uh yeah, no josh gordon i feel like uh. he's he hasn't been good in like years now i mean obviously yeah but uh you know this like we we got hyped about him what was it when he was on the seahawks a couple years ago and he yep. didn't do anything and now he's Yeah, I mean, he's been on the he's had Russell Wilson before the rust and he's had Patrick Mahomes (laughs) and he's still done absolutely nothing, which probably tells you all you need to know about, you know, where his set is at these days. But yeah, you know, Pringle hadn't been a guy that was producing much against man coverage, but he got the one catch against Dallas, um, you know, we went for like 37 yards and killed my under. Oh, that's right. (laughs) That was but, brutal. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, with Pringle, it's he's probably not going to be like a, a high volume guy against this Bronco team because they do like to run a lot of man coverage. But, um, you know, if he just gets like that one or two long catches, uh, it could be enough because, yeah, I've been seeing the same thing in, in the numbers. They're phasing out Hardman for whatever reason. I mean, and maybe he's back after the bye. You never know if guys are dealing with some kind of injury at this time of year, though I would doubt it because he also returns kicks and he's still been mm-hmm. doing that. But um, yeah, it's you know, with when it, when it comes to the Chiefs, I think you have to at least consider like all of their receivers, like even Demarcus Robinson. Like, he's not gonna run a lot of routes, but he can get like that touchdown or, or whatever. So um, you know, it it's just what you got to do on a slate like this. But uh, all right, let's get into our top 10 props of the week. Uh, lines courtesy of prize picks and Sean, let's start at quarterback. Who you got? Um, So I like Matt Ryan over
0: 240 and a half passing yards against the Buccaneers. Uh, I'm projecting this closer to 255, not because I think he's good right now. He's been brutal uh, the past three games. I think he's yet to to crack 200 yards, Uh, but this game script uh, should be pretty pass heavy. You know, the Falcons are 11 point underdogs here. Tampa Bay is a pass funnel defense. Um, And, you know, Matt Ryan, he's still missing Calvin Ridley, but he still has, you know, Cordell Patterson. Kyle Pitts and even Russell Gage lean on here, so I think he'll do it uh, just based on the game script alone. So I just want to put out there: I, I don't think he's he's you know playing well right now, but I'm still
1: projecting around 255 just based on on the matchup. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a struggle for for Matt Ryan without uh, without Calvin Ridley. Um, I have him over this um, barely. I have him at about 246. So actually, I'm pretty spot on on the line. So yeah. You're yeah, showing it's... a little more value than I do. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, But, yeah, it's, you know, the Bucks defense has gotten a little better. I think that's what's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, we kind of ragged on them earlier in the year, but they are up to eighth in, in pass defense DVOA. But I do think the Bucs are going to put up a big number on offense, which that's usually the determining factor Um, in a lot of these passing props. Uh, all right. For my quarterback prop, I am going with Justin Herbert over – 279 and a half passing yards against the Cincinnati Bengals at prize picks. Herbert has gone over this number in seven of his 11 games. Cincinnati chargers is one of the highest totaled games on the slate here. I think Cincinnati's offense uh, is legit. I think they'll be able to put some points up uh, on this charger defense, which is really struggling despite having a defensive minded head coach. And that's going to force Herbert to throw the ball around the yard. So um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. He's been over this number more times than not in Cincinnati. He's been a below average, uh, slightly below average pass defense, coming in at 19th in pass defense DVOA.
0: Yeah, I like this as well. You know, he, he seems like he has a really high floor right now. Last week, uh, he struggled. He he threw some really erratic passes. One of those interceptions uh, was really bad. But that kind of helps to this over. You know, we want to keep seeing him be aggressive. Uh, push the ball down the field. So, yeah, I'm projecting him closer to 285. Uh, So similar to the Matt Ryan, I'm not showing a ton of value, but certainly think uh, he has a high floor in this market. All
1: right, uh, we're going for
0: your first running back prop. Uh, So I'm going with Miles Gaskin, over 45 and a half rushing yards against the Giants. Um, He's operated as the workhorse back during this four-game win streak. Um, So I think they continue to to ride him. Um, And last week, you know, he finished with 16 rushing attempts, Phil Lindsay had 12, but if you look at when the rushing attempts came, I mean, Phil Lindsay got 10 of those 12 attempts in the second half when, uh, you know, the Dolphins had blown out uh, the Panthers by then. So I think Gaskin could have ended up with 20-plus rush attempts if the game was close. Um, so, you know, he hasn't been the most efficient back lately, uh, mainly due to their just horrible offensive line. But I think against the Giants, uh, you know, their 31st rank away against the run defense. Um, that'll at least help his efficiency. And I think he'll see, you know, 15 to 17 carries here.
1: Um, so I think he has a really high floor. So like uh, over 45 and a half rushing yards. Yeah, it looks like the Dolphins are just trying to find a backup to replace Malcolm Brown, who went on injured reserve. Um, and that's more why, you know, they cycled through Duke Johnson at one point and mm-hmm. then uh Philip Lindsay. So yeah, I have Gaskin at 52. Um rushing yards against the giants in this matchup he's been there he's been their guy and he's and remember this was what happened down the stretch last year as well um Gaskin really was their kind of weed back there and and it didn't matter what was going on uh behind him in that backfield so yeah uh all right for my first running back prop uh, I'll stick with the chargers I'm going Austin Eckler over 49 and a half rushing yards uh you know I don't know What's going on with the charges here? And there must be some, you know, must be some worry about them in the market or something. I know there's a little drizzle or something projected for this game, but that doesn't explain why the quarterback and running backs props, I I think, are too low. Uh, Eckler's been over 49 and a half in eight out of 11 games. And I think after every time you see a team lose a game like this, I think they, you know, like in an upset fashion, Uh, Usually you hear like the the coach wants to kind of recommit to the run game a little bit. So um, there's no reason that Austin Eckler uh, shouldn't go over this number in, you know, kind of on average. Uh, Cincinnati has been a little better in run defense than pass They're ninth against the run, 19th against the pass. But anytime you're looking at a guy that's gone over an eight of 11 and just needs one carry really to to bust this number wide open, I think you got to go with it. And again, what I think is still going to be a back and forth offensive minded kind of game. So going Eckler over 49 and a half. I have him in the high fifties. Are you um, not worried about the Herbert and Eckler props being sort of like a reverse correlation here? No, because I just think they're too low. Both of them. Like, you know, like if you look at the past performance for the season, Mm -hmm. again, Herbert's over his number in seven of 11, Eckler's over his number in eight of 11. That's a combined 15 of 22. So you're essentially looking at like a 66, percent hit rate even with you know yeah that correlation so that that's that that yeah I know
0: yeah I noticed that too week six and week ten are the weeks where Herbert threw for less than uh two hundred yards and Eckler was also uh under his numbers yeah. as well. So I, I feel like Eckler kind of thrives um when when Herbert does well, which makes sense. But yeah, it's um usually you don't want to stack, you know, passing yards and rushing yards on the same team. But I think these two just looking at the game log, uh they certainly correlate. Uh, in the right direction here.
1: Well, you know, the Chargers, the issue has been, uh, you know, offensive consistency, right? Like Herbert yeah. bails them out on a lot of third downs. So uh, if Herbert's going to keep them on the field, they'll get another fresh set of downs, and Eckers getting at least one more carry every time that happens. So, because um, he's really taken over that backfield too. Like, remember at one point in his career, everyone was like, is he a true three down back? And then everyone saw him doing the oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the one-arm pull-ups. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, he is. He's, he's strong. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> He should be, uh, he should be fine. But yeah, I think both of these are are plus EV. Uh, Sean, where are you going with your second running back prop? So I'm going the other side on this game. I I think this
0: correlates well with your, your two picks, Uh, but Joe Mixon over 11 and a half receiving yards. Um, You know, I expect Mixon to have a huge day on the ground as well. Uh, This Chargers defense is definitely a run funnel one. They, they pretty much invite the run, but you know, I like the over on his receiving yards as well. I think it's sneaky because Um, you know, he, while he hasn't gone over this number in the past two games, it's because they blew out, uh, both teams. So this game should be close, uh, from the sound of it, you might be on the chargers, uh, plus three and a half here, but, um, you know, I think it's going to be close. And, you know, he ran a season high 64% routes run rate last week, um, had four catches for minus two yards. So that was kind (laughs) of flicky. but, um, he's seen four plus targets in three of the past four games. So, and, and his receiving prop, his receptions prop is two and a half. And I think he can go over this pretty easily with two catches. So uh, the, the market just doesn't line up here. I think this should be closer to 15 and a half. And a you know, market like this, four yards is massive. Each yard is probably worth 6% in EV. So I, I just think this is four or five yards too low.
1: Yeah, I have it uh, about 15. Uh, so I have it a couple yards over as well. I think the reason the market is pretty low on him is the Chargers are allowing the third fewest uh, schedule-adjusted receiving yards to back, uh, according to football outsiders, just 28.2. So they've been one of the harder teams uh, to throw on, uh, or at least, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't know how uh, I shouldn't say harder teams to throw on harder teams to um, get yardage out of the backfield on for whatever reason. So, um, yeah, but they're 11th in DVOA. So it doesn't quite line up, you know, with the efficiency, you know, it's more middle of the road in terms of the efficiency. So yeah, I, I haven't projected over as well. And yeah, it should be I, a, an offensive kind of game. Yeah.
0: I mean, w- I'm looking at their game log when they face uh, running backs that can catch out of the backfield. They, they typically allow the leave league average. They face the uh, the Ravens um, and the, the Eagles and the Eagles decided to run the ball 50 times a game. So I think that might be suppressing their overall stats, but it seems like like Javante Williams went off last week, uh, yeah. catching the ball. So I think uh, I wouldn't worry about it here. I just, this is more of just picking on the
1: number um, because yeah, 11 and a half is too low here. Yeah, and the Bengals receiving back Chris Evans, uh, I know he popped up on the injury report. I don't know if he's going to play this week. I don't think he was practicing Mm -hmm. Wednesday. Uh, Okay, for my second running back prop, I'm going with Jonathan Taylor. Over 100.5 rushing yards. He's been over this in six of the past nine games. They're essentially treating him like Derrick Henry. And unlike last week where they faced the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are one of the best run defenses in the NFL, this week they face the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are a run funnel. They're sixth in DVOA against the pass, somehow, and 25th in DVOA against the run. And Sean, you call it all the time. Anytime Johnson Taylor is facing a bad run defense, probably going for a buck fifty at least. Yes,
0: yes. And he, he deserves the Like the uh, the triple digit prop kind of scared me, not gonna lie, but I, I'm proud of you. To just take it anyway because it doesn't matter, right? Uh, so, well, uh, I would, would not well, be surprised if he finishes with well over 150 here against the Texans.
1: Well, you know, I, I just go by my numbers, and usually I'm yeah. I'm kind of incorporating regression to the mean and whatnot. So a lot of yeah. times it's just hard to get to those extremes. But my model has Jonathan Taylor projected for 21 carries for 115 yards. So okay, so I, yeah, I'm yeah, this yeah, I was going
0: to ask. I'm I'm 20 and a half carries, so just one half lower than you. Um, and my yards per attempt is
1: 5.25. What were you, you were like 5.5, right? Uh, yep. 5.49. Yep. yep. So I not am not going to argue with that. That's might be the, might be a record. I, cause I think even Nick Chubb topped out at like 5.4 or 5.2 or something. Yeah. So, um, but no Taylor, I mean, the thing about Taylor is, and what, what my model looks at is yards after contact. So, you yeah. know, at this point in the season now, we're kind of at the point where we have a large enough sample for it to be confident to project, you know, some of these guys, you know, or Taylor to that high early in the year, uh, you know, we're kind of still kind of going off last year. So you can't just say, Oh, this guy's going to be breaking a lot of tackles and, and, and things like that. Um, Cause a lot of times running backs look completely different one year to the next. They get old really fast, but um, yeah, Taylor's in midseason form and uh, you know, I expect him to have a hundred yard games, any type of matchup that's not against like the saints, or the Bucks at this point. So even then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's uh let's get to receivers. We do two receiving props. Uh can be a wide receiver, can be a tight end. John, where are you going with the first one? Uh
0: so this correlates pretty well with your Taylor prop, but uh, I'm going with Michael Pittman under sixty and a half receiving yards against the Texans. Um, I mean the you said it the Colts should be able to lean on Jonathan Taylor here and uh, you know, easily beat the Texans, but, you know, we've seen this trend. Pittman's average 77 receiving yards in the Colts wins this year and 59 yards in the Colts losses this year. So that's, that's typical for most receivers, but I think that's especially going to be the case here. Um, and we've seen, you know, T.Y. Hilton's return the past two games kind of eat into Pittman's target share. Jack Doyle uh, is going off right now. So Pittman hasn't covered this summer in two games. So, um, you know, I like the under here. I'm projecting this closer to 55 and a half. Just these types of game scripts, a receiver like Pittman's more likely to hit his floor. Um, so you know he's probably going to score a touchdown here, but I still like the under on his receiving
1: prop. Yeah, I have him in the mid fifties as well. Uh, he's actually wide receiver twenty seven for me this week. So yeah, I, I'm just not projecting a ton of a ton for that Colts passing game, through no fault of their own. But it just shouldn't be a, a tough matchup. Um, where they need to throw the ball a ton. And they haven't been. They're they're actually 31st in early down pass success rate are the Colts. So they haven't been very successful throwing the ball. They are lucky that they have a beast like Jonathan Taylor because uh, he's their offense would be very bad if it wasn't yeah. for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, okay. For my first receiving prop, I'm going with Mike Evans over 60 and a half receiving yards. So he's been over this in seven of 11 games, but more importantly, he's coming off a bad game. And we know what happens when Mike Evans comes off a bad game. It's happened uh, twice this year already. So let's first, let me set the stage last week. He only had three catches for 16 yards. So that's one of his three lowest of the year in week one. He had three catches for 24 yards In week two, five catches 75 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, he would have cleared this number by about 15. Then in week six, he had two catches for 27 yards in week seven. He had six for 76 and three. So that means this week he's on pace to go seven, 77 and four. Uh, that would line up perfectly with everything increases by one. Uh, every time he's coming off a bad game. So this is third bad game. 5, five six, 76, three, this is a seven seventy seven and four, so you should clear this by about seventeen yards. Sounds uh, about right. Yeah, and, and the Falcons are bottom twenty five in DVOA against every wide receiver position. Uh, they're one of the worst pass defenses in the league, and uh, you know Tom Brady's gonna have no problem because there's gonna be no pressure here and more threat of the run game now. Uh, you know defense is gonna have to account for Leonard Fournette. You know you yep. can't just brush him off. So just a perfect scenario for the the Bucks passing game to get right here.
0: Yeah, and usually uh, we're blessed with uh, Bruce, uh, Bruce Arians' comment saying they need to get in the ball this week. I haven't seen any comments yet, but I'm sure it's coming. He usually usually gives us that. Yeah, I mean, After they did bad, win Mike last Evans. week, but yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. If Mike <laughs> Evans ever has a bad game, Bruce Arians always comments on it saying we need to get in the ball more.
1: Yeah, for good reason. Uh, yeah. right, where are you going with your uh, second receiving prompt.
0: Um, So I like Jerry Judy under 58 receiving yards against the Chiefs. Um, You know, he's only cleared this number once in the past four games since he returned from his injury. Um, And the Broncos, you know, they do like to spread the ball around. He is Bridgewater's top target, but, you know, they like to get the ball uh, to Tim Patrick, who I like for the showdown slate, Uh, both tight ends, Cortland Sutton. I think, you know, he's been struggling, but due for a big game. Um, But also, you know, I think they're going to be able to run the ball with Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, on the chiefs defense. So I think at least in the first half, they're going to be pretty run heavy. Um, maybe in the second half, if the game gets out of control, um, we could see Judy get some yards in garbage time, but either way, I think this is just a bit too high. Um, I'm projecting this closer to 53 and a half. So I'm
1: close to this, but uh, I, I do like the under here. I have it even lower. Well, right? I have it in the upper forties. Um, I think the median, it will be like probably about four catches for 48 yards or something mm-hmm. like that, you know? So um. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater. He's gonna manage the game, and I, I just think the Broncos are gonna try to run the ball. Uh, I, I do expect Gordon to go here, but even if he doesn't, um, it's not really gonna deter the Broncos. I think from you know their game plan, they know what they want to do. So, uh, yeah, I, I haven't projected even his average. Uh, I have projected under that that number. I have it at around fifty-five. So, um, yeah, I'm way under. All right, for my second and final receiving. Prop. I'm going with Stefan Diggs, under 74 and a half receiving yards. He's been under this number in seven of his 11 games this season. He's not running a route on every single dropback like he did last year. He was up at 97, 98 percent. This year he's around 85 uh, percent. You know, they're, they're kind of giving him a breather uh, from down to down, getting some standards in there, getting some Davis in there. But more importantly, the matchup is just really brutal. New England is number three. In DVOA against number one receivers and their top three and fewest schedule adjusted receiving yards allowed per game to number one receivers at just uh, 51 yards per game. And they're also just second overall in pass defense DVOA. So it's just a a strong pass defense. What does Bill Belichick like to do? Take away your number one option. That's unquestionably Stefan Diggs in this Bill's offense. So Uh, I expect Belichick to make, you know, Beasley and Davis and and the running backs and those guys beat you. But uh, Stefan Diggs, uh, it would surprise me if if Belichick let Diggs uh, go off. He's a talented guy, so he should still get his catches, but not expecting a big uh, yardage game from Diggs here.
0: Yeah, I'm with you here. And, you know, this is coming from somebody. I feel like every Tuesday when we (laughs) go over initial rankings, I have Diggs in my top five. And you have somebody fresh and exciting like a Jamar Chase or Debo Samuel. But even I, Mr. Overrating Stephon Diggs, every week have this around 65 and a half. So yeah. I'm way under this and I love Diggs. So uh, yeah, there's there's still a ton of value on this under.
1: Yeah. And I don't think like you're overrating Diggs. Like he's a great player. And I have him, I have the number right at the same uh, spot. But uh, it's just more that for whatever reason, his routes are just down this. Area. And he's been very, he's been like a high floor guy in most of his games. Like he, it's not like he's like, disappointed or something like he's still getting his, you know, 10, 15 fantasy points, but um yeah, it's just you have to exercise a little more caution. His yards per catch is down a little bit uh, this year as well. You know, th- that whole Bill's offense just not quite as mm-hmm. not humming as much as it was uh, in, in 2020. So digs is yards per game down from 96 last year to 77 this year. Um, his yards per catch. I, I said yards per catch. I meant yards per game. His yards per catches is, is, uh, in, or in the 12. So it's in the same, but his yards per game is down. His catches per game are down almost two. So uh, yeah, it's been interesting.
0: His touchdowns are up though. He's one away from, uh, his yeah. eight from last year. So that's probably my model. I'm just boosting his touchdown odds a bit. Uh, but uh, yeah, I see the same things as you. His routes run, uh, have been down and everything else. So yeah, 65 and a half for me. So way under.
1: All right. That is going to do it for our week 13 props podcast presented by Prize Picks. Let me give you guys a recap. Sean going with Matt Ryan over 240 and a half passing yards, Miles Gaskin over 45 and a half rushing yards, Joe Mixon over 11 and a half receiving yards, Michael Pittman under 60 and a half receiving yards, and Jerry Judy under 58 and a half. Receiving yards. I'm going with Justin Herbert over 279 and a half passing yards, Austin Eckler over 49 and a half rushing yards, Jonathan Taylor over 100 and a half rushing yards, Mike Evans over 60 and a half receiving yards, and Stefan Diggs under 74 and a half receiving yards. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment that we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Sean, what's your first Prize Picks Elite Entry for Week 13? So my my first one's Miles Gaskin
0: to go over 45 and a half rushing yards against the Giants. Um, you know, he's pretty much been the Dolphins workhorse back over this four game winning streak, so I, I don't see them getting away from it. So I, I'm projecting him for around 15 to 16 carries here. Um, last week, he rushed the ball 16 times to Philip Lindsay, his new backup. Uh, Philip Lindsay ran, ran it 12 times. And if you look at the first half and second half splits, Lindsay got 10 of those carries in the second half. Uh, after the Dolphins had already blown out the Panthers. So I wouldn't look into that too much. Gaskin could have ended with 20-plus carries um, if the game had been close. So this week against the Giants, I'm expecting him... Uh, to get the same amount of carries. And, you know, the Giants ranked 31st in rush defense BBOA. So I think they're gonna help uh, mask it, uh, Gaskin in terms of efficiency, something he's struggled in, but that's that's been due to the Dolphins' offensive line. So either way, I think Gaskin easily clears this. I'm projecting closer to 55 rushing yards, so like the over 45 and a half here.
1: For my first prize pick of lead entry, for week 13, I'm going Jonathan Taylor, over 100 and a half rushing yards. He's been over 106 of his past nine games. And the Texans are a run funnel defense. They're sixth in DVOA against the pass, 25th against the run John, where are you going for your second prize pick lead entry for week 13? Uh, I'm going with Joe Mixon
0: over 11 and a half receiving yards against the Chargers. Uh, First off, I think he's going to have a massive day on the ground. This this Chargers defense basically invites the run. But I think, uh, you know, his receiving prop is pretty sneaky at 11 and a half. Um, you know, he hasn't gone over this number in the past few games, but that's probably due to the Bengals blowing out both opponents. This matchup against the Chargers should be much closer. So I think, you know, Mexican will see a few targets here. Um, he's seen four plus targets in three of the past four games. So uh, love the upside here. And he probably only needs two catches to go over this. Um, so I'm projecting it closer to 15, 16 and a half. And a market like this. Four yards is massive. I would say each yard is worth 5 to 6% uh, in terms of edge. So I love the over here, uh, 11.5 receiving yards for Joe Mixon.
1: Now close it out with Stephon Diggs under 74.5 receiving yards on Monday night against the New England Patriots. Diggs has been under this number in 7 of 11 games. The Patriots are top three in overall pass defense DVOA as well as DVOA against number one wide receivers they're also allowing just 51 schedule adjusted receiving yards per game the number one wide receivers which ranks third best in the week so that's going to do it for our prize pick a week entry for week 13 as a recap Sean's going with Miles Gaskin over 45 and a half rushing yards and Joe Mixon over 11 and a half receiving yards I'm going with Jonathan Taylor, over 100 and a half rushing yards, and Stefan Diggs, under 74 and a half receiving yards. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move, so you want to get on it quickly in order to lock in the best numbers. If you have not created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description, and they will match your first deposit up to $100. Or... You can visit prizepick.com and use the promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. All right, now back to the show. You guys can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore Oddsmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the free award-winning Action Network app where you can follow all of our bets, including our player prop bets and track yours. Be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for our fantasy football content rankings and projections and fantasylabs.com for our dfs content tools and models good luck this weekend until next time let's get this money